Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. WCF. Good morning. That was good, right? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Woo. Wow. Thank you, God, for that worship set. With the streamers, too, that was fun. I know. So I gave mine to a child because I'm so humble. <laughs> Very humble. <laughs> <laughs> but kids, remain in service. Do not leave. This service is all about the family, so we want all the kids right. up here. We want to see them. We want to see them front and center. So kids, do not leave the sanctuary. And it was, and um, the one, the guy who was leading the message was talking about how you have to trust God in every area in your life. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, God, because me and my fiance were trying to plan for a wedding, right? There's a lot of finances that come into hand. And I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, God, if I know you're true and I know the word of God is true and I know everything about you is true and you say you'll provide for me, why, why would I ever doubt that, Right? Why would I ever question that? If I believe in everything, why is this one thing that I don't believe in, right? That's not how it works. And then it's just, God is so good. And he's always provided for me. And I know he will always provide for you if you just surrender to him every moment. Father God, we all just gather today in your mighty name, God. Thank you so much for just allowing us all to gather just as a family, God. One heart and one soul, God. We just pray, God, that... That when we, when we tithe, God, when we, when we offer, God, when we just give generously, God, if it's to others, if it's to churches, whatever, God, we just pray that it goes a long way, God, and it just advances your kingdom. And that, God, you just pour over us over and over again and show us that you provide for us. You want to bless us and you want to take care of every one of our needs, God. And we just pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm just going to give it up to Pastor RJ to, for baptism. Good morning. Why don't you all stand with me this morning? Welcome to our family service today. It's been a while since I've been up here. It's good to see you all. <laughs> In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined to Christ in what? I should have maybe gave them the verse so they could put it up there. But it's good that six of you know that verse. <laughs> have you forgotten when we were joined to Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And he goes on and talks about how our sinful nature was crucified with Christ. And when we came to Christ, he gave us a new spirit. He, he, we got born again. We became alive. But we had to make a point of demarcation where we exited the old life and we started living in the new and the symbol of that is water baptism where we literally lay down the old life just like Christ died and we come up to new life just like Christ raised again. And in 1978, there was a band called the Imperials. I know that's before some of you were born. Okay. And they, they did their version of a song that was originally written, I think, by Steve Green called Water, uh, called, uh, water Grave. Here's the lyrics. It said, now in my house, there's been a mercy killing. The man I used to be has been crucified. And the death of this man was the final way of revealing in the spiritual way to live, I had to die. Now, if I let a dead man linger in me, I might get a little idle in my way. So I'm going down to the Celebration River. I'm gonna take this dead man down to a water grave going down to the river, my Lord, 
I'm going to get buried alive. I want to show my heavenly father the man I used to be has finally died. There comes a point in the life of every believer in Christ Jesus who confesses him as their Lord and their Savior that as an act of obedience, they go and they submit to the waters of baptism. It's a public testimony. It's a public declaration of your faith in Christ. So if you're here with us, August 27, it's been away so long, I don't even know what day it is. 2023, and you've professed your faith in Christ, but you've never been obedient to God's command to make a public declaration of your faith and be baptized in water, to lay the old life down, to make a break from the life of sin and shame, and to start walking in the fullness of what God has for you in this life as an obedient son or as an obedient daughter. I'd like you to be brave and be bold and come out of your chair this morning and come down to the front and make a public declaration of your faith. Rick and Brianne are here with me and they have a team of people in the back with a tank full of water and a rope and some clothes and things like that. And you're going over there? Okay. So anyway, come on down. Come out of your chair. Be brave. Be bold. If you need to be baptized because you've never been, come on down. Come on down. If God's talking to your heart today, is there anyone over here that maybe God's pulling on your heart? You know you're supposed to come join these two young ladies. Come on down. Come on down. Okay. Okay. Good, good. Is there anyone else you need to be baptized in water today? Come on down, guys. Congratulations, all you guys. Go have fun. Go have fun. There's more coming. Come on down. Okay, so you guys go in peace. They're going to have a class for you in the back. They're going to teach you a little bit more about what's going to happen, and uh, they're going to take good care of you. Go ahead. And uh, while we're here at the family service, so you guys can go ahead and be seated. Although I'd like to ask the eldership team and the, minister, the ministers and uh, Joelle and Christian to come up. Come on up, guys. We'll put you two right here. So some of you may know Pastor Larry and Colleen. They spent, um, what, 11, 10 years of your life in Bolivia? And uh, a couple years ago, I think a couple years, five years ago? You got married five years ago? A couple years ago, <laughs> their daughter, Joelle, I'm messing with her because she went back five years ago, <laughs> married Christian, Chris, <laughs> and now they have... Eric, and they're getting ready to go back down to Bolivia to continue the mission there. So we are a team. Come around here. Come around here. We just want to bless them and lay hands on them as they go out and uh, so that you all can also see faces with the names of the missions that we support. This particular couple are serving in Bolivia they work with counseling ministry and home church network and strengthening the body of Christ down in Bolivia right now. And greater things are yet to come. So I'm going to start praying, and then anyone on the team that wants to take the mic, you can take it as well. So, Father, if you guys want to stand and reach your hands out, just... Father, I thank you for this young couple, Lord. Newly married, new baby, going off. Step of faith, Lord, to go on the mission field. Lord, I know personally that Sometimes there's things you encounter that only you can help us with. 
And Lord, as they go, I thank you that you go before them. I thank you that you're the way maker, that you lead them, that you guide them, that you make a way for them and provision for them at every turn. Father, that they're blessed coming in. And Lord, the seed that they deposit in that nation is going to light a fire that's going to shake all of South America, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for the gifting and the calling on their life. Thank you that they go in peace. I thank you that they go with the goodwill of all of the Canadian church, Lord, as we bless them today. And I thank you that your favor is upon them. Thank you that your anointing is upon them and is that they minister, Lord, in your name, Lord. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow the preaching of the word. Keep them healthy. Preserve them. This young one grow up in grace and peace. And I thank you, Lord, that you're for them today. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I, I see this, this vision of just a, a big cloud of Holy Spirit raining down on you, just drenching you with Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Father, I see that their lives and little Eric too will bless not only Bolivia, but, but the world. Father, I thank you that you lead, guide, and direct them, not every, every week, but every moment, God. Thank you for their wonderful footsteps, their trust in you. And God, we just continue to cover them and agree with you. Holy Spirit, for the divine plans you have for their lives. In Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray that you would set up divine appointments for them to help them in their, the work that you've called them to do. I pray that you would bless them beyond what they could ever think or even imagine. And Father God, thank you for their lives and continue to bless them in Jesus' name. As I say hasta luego for now, I hear the Father say, Welcome, my sons and daughter, into the ministry that I have established for you in Tereja, Bolivia. Come, my children, into this place of safety, into this place of refuge that I have established for you. May my spirit be upon you. May my anointing be upon you. For I have gifted you with everything you need, all the tools you need to accomplish the work that I have for you. And may you have special anointing and grace as you raise up baby Eric Emmanuel. To raise him up to be the child that I have called him to be. A child of blessing, a child of integrity, of stature, of favor that he will have influence and a voice for his generation. That my word will go forward generation after generation because of your obedience to me. May God's favor go with you as you travel every step of the way. May his favor be upon you. May angels surround the luggage and protect it and guide it through corrupt hands that it gets to its final destination, unscathed, unbroken. But most importantly, may the Spirit of God go with you wherever you go in every encounter that you have, every counseling patient, may they experience the fullness of God through you in Jesus' name. Blessings, guys. Go in peace and power. So when we're activating faith with tithes and offerings, there's actually a, a place where it says offerings or missions. Anytime you give to missions, it helps to support 
some of the missionaries, and, and there's a whole group of them that we support all over the world right now, um, so that this message of hope doesn't just stay in Windsor, so that it goes to the nations of the earth. So you can, you can always remember uh, Joelle and Christian uh, when, when we're doing that as well. Yep. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Come have a seat at the front. You're going to want to get good seats, guys. There you go. Whoa, mana and quail. <laughs> you startled me. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome, welcome to our humble dwelling. Please, please, please take off your shoes so that we may wash your, your, your dirty feet. <laughs> oh, let us uh, prepare a meal, give you some refreshments, yes, before you continue on your journey. Yes? Yes? Sarah! Sarah! What? What, Abraham? I, I'm, 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 I'm literally right here. Why do you Sarah. have to yell so that everybody in the mama bear can hear you? Can you quiet down a minute? Just stop, stop. Sarah! What? There are two men outside. We, we have to prepare a, a delectable meal for them, Sarah. A wonderful meal. We can do this. We can do this. Me we. And you? Oh, by me and you. You mean that I must prepare them dinner? Is that what you want? Isn't that what I said? Aye, aye, aye. Sarah, I will, I will get the servant and we will roast a lamb. Oh, the last time they boiled it. Oh, how disappointing. Oh, the insanity. Oh, I must hurry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Abraham is sitting outside under the shade of a tree with the men finishing their meals. Sarah is back inside the tent cleaning up the dishes. <laughs> Where's your wife? Oh. Oh, uh, oh you mean... My beloved life partner. <laughs> talking about me. Hey. Uh. By this time next year, your wife Sarah will have a child. <coughs> Are you a messenger of the Lord? does your wife mock us with laughter that resembles a dying goose? Uh, I mean... Does she doubt the Lord? Uh... Listen, the Lord shall carry out his promise. Thirteen years later, Abraham is asleep in his bed. Abraham! Yes, Lord! Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Morah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountains, which I will show you. Okay, Lord. I will do as you have requested. The next day, Abraham is packing food when Isaac approaches. What you doing, Dad? Hey! <laughs> I am preparing for the journey to make a burnt sacrifice to the Lord. Okay. You, will, you will be joining me on this journey. <laughs> go, go fetch uh, two servants and saddle up the donkey. We'll be leaving in a few minutes. All right, cool. <laughs> a few days later at the offering site, Abraham is setting up the burnt offering. Oh, uh, oh no, I forgot the lamb for the sacrifice. Oh, oh, son, son, no, no worries. <laughs> we have all that we need. God will provide. Hey, son, uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you lay down on this altar? 
I ain't no sheep. I'm a boy. I, I'm your son, you know, the one that God promised you? I, I don't think sacrificing your one and only son would be a, a great idea, in my opinion. <laughs> Isaac, I have two sons. <laughs> Ishmael is my son also. Ishmael does not count. Okay? You really want to be stuck with Ishmael as your only heir? That's a pretty sad life, you got to be honest. <laughs> Plus, I've barely lived. I'm only 12. I haven't even shown a girl how many chairs I can stack, which is five, by the way. Oh, that, that, that is a very good number. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't learned to fish, hunt, or hula. Isaac. Isaac, my son, I love you so much. So much that you won't sacrifice me? I love the Lord more. <laughs> I must... I must do what he says. Well, guess I can't argue with God, but man, do I, am I going to have some words with him when I get up there? <laughs> you love me more than Ishmael, right? Son, just get on the altar. the boy. Oh, thank you, God. I was wondering how long I'd have to continue this. As long as I tell you to. <laughs> Isaac. Now, I know you truly fear the Lord since you have withheld, haven't withheld even your favorite son from me. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the little skit we had for you. Just a little quick recap, just so that the point gets across, because I know that it was quite a comedy. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, so God is a generational God. We see that as God promised Isaac to Abraham, even though that he was going to be sacrificed. And sometimes it's hard to trust God when we don't see the full picture. Uh, Abraham only saw that he was supposed to sacrifice his son. God saw that Abraham was going to trust him. And then from Abraham came Isaac, from Isaac came Jacob, and from Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, right? And so God promised Abraham that he would have generations, sorry, uh, descendants as numerous as the stars. God did not exaggerate. Uh, he followed through, and he was very successful in his plan. Am I right? All right, so at this time, I would like to introduce our guest speaker today, Pastor Doug. He's from Faithville. Can we give it up for Pastor Doug, guys? Let's welcome him to the stage. Faithville actually has a long history with WCF, and I'm sure he will elaborate on that for us. So if we could just clear the stage for him. Also, welcome kids. Him, sorry, the platform. Clear the platform for him. Also, kids, we are going to have activity bags for you in the back. So if you look at the back, you'll see a cart with activity bags there and, I, and over there. So we're going to go back to our seats, but we're going to grab an activity bag first, okay? All right. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. And I'm going to let these kids kind of spread out and find their activity bags and all that stuff. Uh, I understand some of them just got candy. So I will try and keep this quick uh, because we've also been here for a little while. And I myself am uh, a dad. I'm a father of four. Four seemed like a good number, right, guys? So uh, I totally know what some of the parents and, and maybe even grandparents are feeling this morning. You're like, okay, it's 11.15. We still have the kids here with us. Uh, how late are we going to go? So I get that. I, I am on mission here. I'm going to blaze through this sermon for us here, okay? But very first thing... Uh, Oh, hey, buddy. Did you keep, oh, thank you. Thank you, give me a high five. Okay, you sure you don't want it? Is it for you? It is for you, okay, all right. Good, okay. Uh, 
unscripted. I don't know if you can believe that, but. Thanks, guys. Okay. If you don't know me, my name's Pastor Doug. Uh, I've served as a children's pastor for a long time at another church here in the city. And then uh, more recently, I have the great honor and privilege of uh, running the ministry called Faithville. And uh, thank you. But I can take so little credit for all that God has done and is continuing to do through Faith Hill. He's doing some awesome stuff. I'll give you some updates on that a little bit. Uh, but because I want to be respectful of the time, if you want to hear more about Faith Hill, I would encourage you to come find me after the service. Uh, we've got a little booth out there, and you can ask me any kind of questions you want. But for those of you who have been long timers here, we won't go into exactly how long, but for those of you who have been here for a while, you might remember Faith Hill started right here at Windsor Christian Fellowship. Yeah, give yourselves a pat on the back. God used you to uh, begin this, this amazing ministry, and it continues to, to go and grow today. Uh, Pastor Tom and Lorraine uh, wish you all the best. They say hi. They couldn't be here this morning, but they wanted me to just say hi to all of you, and uh, they know and love you. And so thank you once again for inviting me, for inviting Faith Hill to be part of your your family day service. This is great. We've already had family game night. No one even got into a fight. So we're on a, a, a roll here. Why don't you just uh, bow your heads with me? I'd like to pray before we get into God's word. Can we do that? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this wonderful, beautiful church, especially, God, for uh, the leaders who have worked hard to put on this service for us today. I know that it's not easy putting on a service for kids and you're trying to keep them engaged and parents and all that kind of stuff, uh, but this is a generational place. This is where you are welcoming us to come as the family of God from the youngest to the oldest and that you are just in this place. We thank you for your presence here this morning. God, I pray that the words in my mouth and meditations of my heart would be accepted in your sight. I ask for a blessing on all of the kids who are in this room. Heavenly Father, that you would just put them on a collision course with your Holy Spirit, that you would fill them up and that your word would just abide and settle deep into their hearts so that as they grow up, they would not depart from it. We ask these things in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. Well, I, as I said, am leading this ministry called Faith Hill, and if you if you would know one thing about Faith, I think it would be this, is that we are a ministry to families and to kids. That's where my heart is at. I know that's where the board's heart is at. And so everything that we do comes from that place. I believe that kids are just so, so special to the heart of God. That's not necessarily where I'm going with this message, although we'll touch on it. But I really, really do believe that there's a special blessing for all of those who welcome uh, uh, kids in ministry and kids in the church. I mean, Jesus says, whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me, right? Welcomes Jesus himself. So you know what? If you, if you, you know, want to get to know Jesus more, spend some time with his kids. You know, here's a little shout out for children's ministry. They always need volunteers, right? September is just around the corner. If you want to get to know Jesus deeper, go serve in the children's ministry. I guarantee you it will put you on your knees. All right, <laughs> But where we are going today is actually from Deuteronomy, which is cool because there are just, we, we had the skit, you know, which referenced a little bit of what we're talking about today, and then we had the kids reading from Deuteronomy, so that's great. God's moving already. If you've got your Bibles with you, maybe it's uh, in your phone or you've got a physical Bible, whatever it is, you can crack it open to Deuteronomy 6. I want to talk about how God is a God of promises. You've probably picked up on that theme already. And as much as these promises apply to us as individuals, you know, God might promise you things. He promises things to our families as well. He promised things to families in scripture. And I believe that he is still speaking to families today, amen? Families that commit their, uh, their sons and daughters and even their grandkids to go to Bolivia and do things like this. God is working in families. He has a plan for you as an individual, as a family. In fact, I believe that he has a plan, uh, plan in place for this church, that he is not done with WCF. He's got places for you to go, things for you to do, and he's got plans for nations and groups of people. I mean, God is a big God. He's a big God, and he's got generational promises that, that we are still waiting for today. And so that's what we're going uh, to be talking about today. And, and, and I want to bring you to Deuteronomy 6. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of context here. So as you open up Deuteronomy 6, 
you need to understand something. You see, I, I went recently uh, to the Toledo Zoo with my family. I think I mentioned that I've got uh, my beautiful wife, Carly, and we've got four kids. They're all under seven. The oldest one is seven. The youngest one is like five months. So it's crazy, all right? And we had the great idea to bring them to the zoo because it's the summertime and we've got to find things to do, right? Because if you don't make a plan with your kids, well, yeah. So... <laughs> Here we are at the Toledo Zoo. We drive there. We're in the parking lot. We're just about to go in. We, we are literally at the kiosk where you buy the tickets. And I stop everyone and I say, okay, does anybody have to go to the bathroom? Right? And this, parents, kids, you're familiar with this part. Okay? Any dad who's ever taken their family on vacation knows this is the talk now. Okay? We're going to get ready. We're going we're gonna to go into the zoo. And because everyone wants to have a good time, I need you guys to follow the rules, right? Okay, so, uh, you know, and, and we start laying out all the rules. We're not just going to spend all our money on the first thing that we see, the first monkey puppet, you know, $100, right? And then we have no money for lunch. We can't watch the polar bears for too long because we got to see the lions. And, there, you know, this is the talk, right? This is where we find ourselves in Scripture, let me, let me break this down for you. We saw here the, the skit of Abraham, right, being visited by the two messengers, the two angels, and then the binding of Isaac. As part of that promise, Genesis chapter 12, Abraham receives this covenant that he is going to be the father of a great nation. Kids, have you ever looked up at the stars in the sky and tried to count them? That's what God told Abraham to do. Do you think Abraham could do it? No, of course not. There's too many, right? He said, I'm going to make you the father of the great nation. They're going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. This is my promised land to you. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, okay? God makes this promise to Abraham. That promise is reiterated to his son, Isaac. And that promise is once again reiterated to his son, Jacob. Generational promises, right? And then so many years, about 400 years go by with Jacob's descendants, and they still haven't seen the answer to the promise. I don't know about you, but that, that takes a lot of patience. I'm not sure. I, no, wait. I'm quite literally sure I couldn't wait that long. So that promise had to be for generations, for the family right? It was a 600-year-old promise before Moses comes along, and God says, all right, it's time to move. I'm rescuing my people. I'm redeeming them. I'm, I'm winning them out of Egypt and slavery, and we're going to go to the promised land. Woohoo! Amen, right? All right, we've been waiting 600 years, and not only that, God is, is winning us out of Egypt. He's redeeming us with all these signs and wonders, all right? Everything is crazy. God is, is literally, you know, showing them the way with a, a, a pillar of fire and smoke. And what happens? They get to the promised land. They're like, no, we are not going in there. Too scary. Thank you, right? Come on. Come on. And Moses is like, no, what? And he gets so angry that he maybe acts a little bit, you know, too quickly, too harshly. I don't know. But he strikes the rock instead of, you know, uh, hitting the rock. And God says, all right, Moses, I'm sorry, but you're not entering into the promised land either. And neither is this whole generation. You guys are going to be wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And it's the next generation. They will enter the promised land. That's where we find ourselves in Deuteronomy 6, all right? And I've got to pick up the pace because that was a long context. But here's the thing. Moses is on the top of Mount Nebo, and he's looking out. He's lamenting, first of all, the fact that he can't enter the promised land, okay? But he's looking out into the land of promise, and he knows that the generation down there that has their toes in the Jordan waiting to enter in need the talk. All right, guys, does anybody need to go to the bathroom? But more importantly, this is where we've come from. God made us this promise, all right? And God is going to be faithful, but you got to do your part. And so he lays out the commandments for them. The, the word Deuteronomy actually means second law because this is a repetition, a, a repeating of God's law to the people. Why? Because he, Moses knows, he says, I can't go with you. 
You guys are about to go into that promised land. You need to be faithful. You need to understand the law. Here's the rules. Why? So that it may go well with you. Let's read scripture, okay? Bear with me. I'm not gonna read the whole chapter. I would love to. If you've got time you know, at home to do that throughout the week, especially with your kids, go ahead and do it. But I'm just gonna read maybe half of it or so. Starting in verse one. This is Moses speaking. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over, to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your sons and your son's son. By keeping all the statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, that, it, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, when you eat and are full, take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Amen? Here's the thing, guys. Moses is up there and he knows the pressure of this moment. This is this pivotal moment in Israel's history. And from here, all of Israel's history that we go on to read through, through you know, the, the historical books and everything, kind of like pivots on this moment, right? God is reminding them, if you are faithful to me, I have given you this promised land. I have blessed you. I've, I've made my covenant with your forefathers. If you are faithful to me, things will go well with you. And they remembered that for, I don't know, a half a moment. We read in the next book, Joshua, how, how God is with them all the time saying, be strong and courageous. Fear not, I am with you, right? And, and they fight battle after battle. But we also read in the following book of Judges, this cycle of apostasy, which gets continued all throughout the Old Testament, this things go well, and then they forget about God, and they cry out to God, and things go better, and then they forget about God, and it kind of just repeats this process, and Israel is like, oh God, would you just, we need help, we're, we're crying out, we're crying out for help, and God uses the prophets to send them a savior who's gonna save them from this cycle that they're in, okay? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's what I wanna point out to you this morning. God has promises for you. Kids, God has promises for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, plans for good and not for evil, Okay? And he's got good plans for your family. He's got good plans for your church. We're praying for that prophetic vision. We should be praying for that prophetic vision that God, like Moses, would take us up to that mountaintop and reveal the promised land to us. You know, some of those folks who are just about to enter baptism, some of these uh, new Christians, they, they start on the mountaintop, right? They, they experience this great uh, salvation out of the slavery of sin, and they find their way on the mountaintop, and everything looks great, and they're like, yes, this is the promised land. This is good. I can see all the promise on the horizon for me. That's where Moses is. And, and this, is, this is the takeaway here, that God's promises to us, they give us vision. They give us guidance, okay? I think we've got that slide, maybe. We'll see, it doesn't matter. God's promises give us vision, okay? He, tings, he brings us to the mountaintop and we can see out where we're going, all right? But then God takes us on the next step. He doesn't leave us there on the mountain. God says, all right, it's time to cross the Jordan. It's time to enter the promised land. And that's gonna take 
some chutzpah. It's going to take some fight. It's going to take some learning faith over fear. It's going to cause you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's going to mean that you have to recall all the promises of God that he's given you on the mountain, all the commandments that he's given you on the mountain, and actually begin to put them into practice one step at a time. He's going to cause you to have these battles, but fear not. He is with you. He wants you to be strong and courageous as you walk this out into the promised land. I want to go back to our text here, starting in verse 4, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is the beginning of this special, special Hebrew verse known as the Shema. And if we were in Hebrew school, this would be likely the very first verse that we are taught to memorize. Okay, this is like the quintessential, the the essential Hebrew prayer of faith. Okay, they would recite this twice daily. It's the prayer that they would have uh, recited on their deathbed. This is an important section. I mean, all of the scripture is important, but this particular prayer, this Shema, is extremely crucial. And note this, because this this is so mind blowing for me. Right after, here, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. So if God is laying out this super important passage of Scripture, note the mode of transition here, transmission. How does he want us to pass on on faith in the promised land? He wants us to teach it to our kids, right? Let me back up just a quick second here. When the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what is the, the most important commandment? You know, what's the first commandment? Jesus doesn't actually go where where we might go, you know, if you were to ask me, if we, if we were to sort of pull the room, especially Sunday school, right, and we're saying, what's the first commandment? Uh, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus doesn't use that one. Jesus goes here to the Shema, and he says, this is like commandment zero. This is the most important commandment, which can sum up all the others, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Jesus himself is saying there is something really important going on right here. And here's in the very next verse. God wants to put families at the very center of making his promises come to fruition on the earth. Wow. I mean, God could have said a bunch of things here. He could have said, he could have mentioned the priests. He could have mentioned the Levites. He could have mentioned the kings, although that wasn't really his idea in the first place. But he could have said a bunch of different things, right? What does he say? He says, at the center of this all, I want this to be a family affair. This isn't just a faith that I'm giving to this generation. This isn't just a promise I'm giving to this generation. I want you to be torchbearers. I want you to be promise keepers. I want you to pass this on to your children, okay? And I want it to be part of the daily routine. Here's the thing. It didn't have to be this, like, huge, intimidating, okay, you know, every year I want you to, to, you know, well, he did give them some rules like that. But in this particular section, he was just saying, you know what? Just, like, talk about it when when you go out. Talk about it when you come in. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it when you get up. His instructions are very clear, but very simple. Talk about it on the van on the way to soccer practice. Talk about it when, when you're going to ballet class. Talk about it when you're, when you're getting the kids up and serving them breakfast. Talk, talk, it to, talk to them about it as you're putting them to bed and saying your prayers with them. Talk to them about what God is doing in your life, the promises that he's made to you, the promises that he's made to your family, the promises that he's made to your church. Have you seen any of those come true? Raise your hand. Have you seen God's promises come true? Talk to your kids about that. It's not just for you. It's for them as well, right? Oh, man, seeing these kids up here brings me to tears. When I see a kid, this happened to me every single time. If they wanted to, to make me cry at church, all they had to do was bring a kid up. And, and I see them worshiping God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Done. Guys, this family, 
the family of the church as well, I think we could, we could say is implicit in this, the, the nation of Israel, God's people. You are the promise keepers. You are the torch bearers. You bear the responsibility of living out God's uh, covenant blessing. Why? Not just so that it would go well with you. We see that in here, but also think back to the Abrahamic covenant. It's through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So to reiterate, God's promises provide vision, but then he invites us down the mountain and God's promises provoke faith. It means that we've got to go back and and work these things out, work out God's promises and enter into that promised land. God will be faithful. He who promised is faithful, amen. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith because he who promises is faithful, but we got to do our job. Let God do the God-sized job. Let man do the man-sized job. And understand that your family is part of that. And then finally, we have this, this warning and this great exhortation. When you get to the promised land, it's not if. When you get to the promised land, don't forget the lessons of the wilderness. Don't forget that God brought you and bought you out of slavery. Do not forget, because when things are going well, we forget about God. This is human nature. I don't know if we have this uh, graphic up here. Maybe there's this graphic. Pew Research put out this study. It's actually a little bit old, I think 2018, where they measured GDP against religiosity. Okay, so that's a fancy way of saying how wealthy is is a country and how important is faith to them. You see that curve right there? Any mathematicians in the room? You know that, you know, that amount of data is showing you something is true. This is showing us what's true about human nature. The wealthier we are in terms of uh, of our, our comfort, our material possessions, and things are going well, it's easy to forget about God. That's the easy part, right? And when things are not going well, that's when faith is important to us. But here it is. See, God knows something. He knows a thing or two about human nature. He knows what our temptations are going to be. And this is why when Moses is sending his people out into the promised land and he's knowing that he can't go with them, he says, guys, when things are going good there, don't forget. Don't forget. You know, faith, though, one of the great uh, privileges that we have is that we partner with over 18 different uh, other Christian media organizations to get the programs that we produce out, these shows that teach kids about the Bible and teach kids about Jesus. And sometimes we get to translate these into other languages or we work with other ministries that do that. And most recently, we've been working with this ministry in Pakistan and they've been translating it into Urdu and then they take these programs through projector missions and other things like that. It's very fashionable, they tell me, in Pakistan to own a television, and so lots of, lots of them own it, and, and, and they take these uh, videos out, and they show them, but, but just this week, I got an email from our partners in Pakistan saying, we're, we were experiencing some trouble. Just a couple months ago, this one I had already known of, their studios were burned and vandalized and destroyed because of their Christian faith, and most recently, in a place called Jaranwala City, Many, many churches were destroyed, burned, broken down. They sent me a video of, of, you know, people smashing down the churches. And the Christians' homes there, they were dragged out of their homes. They piled up all their stuff in the streets, and they set it all on fire. Why do I bring this up? You know, we, we are living in a promised land. Things are going well for us. I don't have to worry about people coming and burning my home because I profess faith in Jesus Christ. But sometimes I take that for granted. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I forget that I'm living in a promised land in comparison to what other people, other Christians around the world are dealing with. And I need to remember not to take that for granted. And so thankfully, God has provided for us. He's provided for Faith Hill so that I can pass on a gift to them because, of course, as they were sharing that, they were saying, we need help. We need to help these people. You know, would you 
provide us $50. We'll help a, a Pakistan family recover from this by providing them with the, the bare necessities that they need for a day. So Faith Hill is going to pass some of our blessing on to them to help them. If you want to contribute to that, you can come uh, make a donation to Faith Hill today and we'll be passing on a portion of that to them as well. But here's the thing. We need to remember that when things are going well for us, the proper response to God's promises is always praise and worship, gratitude, gratefulness. You know, I had the privilege of, of uh, having lunch with a, a close friend of mine. We've got to know him over the last little year. He started coming to church. He's only about a year old in the faith. And he was talking to me about how, you know, his parents didn't really take him to church or anything, but his praying grandma, she was the representative of faith in the family. Does anyone else have a, a praying grandma? You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. But man, like praying grandmas, they're the like superheroes of the spiritual realm. I, I'm just fully convinced because the amount of stories I've heard, you know, that resemble that one are just too many to count. Well, anyway, this, this guy, he's telling me all that God is doing in his life. We're having lunch together and he's saying, God's changing me. You know, I used to be into this and I used to be into that. And, and God has just completely reversed his life around. I can see him up there on the mountaintop saying, you know, I'm looking out at the, the changes that are happening in my life and I'm walking into the promised land. And yeah, he's, he's still got some stuff that he's got to work through, right? But he's doing it in God's strength. And as I was listening to him talk about how faithful God is and, and all the things that God's doing in his life, I was realizing, you know what? Man, God is so good to me. I've had so many of his promises answered to me. I, I've got a, a, a lovely wife. I love her with all my heart. I've got four kids. I've been praying for this stuff since like I was a teenager. But you're reminding me of it. Just as I hear God's answering your prayers and, and you know, bringing you into this promised land, it's, it's helping me understand all that God has already done for me. And I was able to appreciate it in this sort of new way, Right? We all need those reminders. I, I want to kind of wrap things up with this. Not only does, does God's promises provide vision for our church, for our families, for our, us as individuals, not only does it provoke faith in us to go out and, and achieve those things in God's strength, and not only does it remind us that we need to be worshipful, it also guarantees us an inheritance. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are here today, as long as you profess faith in Jesus Christ, you are entering into the promised land to end all promised lands. You see, this one that they were going into in Deuteronomy, this was only a taste. This was only a glimpse, a glimmer. Jesus came and he began to preach of his kingdom, which was at hand. And he told us that this kingdom was just like, it was just small like a mustard seed but that one day it would grow full bloom, that he was coming back to enact this promise. He says, I go that I might prepare a place for you. Folks, there is a promised land that we have yet to inherit. We started in Deuteronomy. That's early, early in God's story. I want to flip all the way to the end, Revelation 21. This has become by far one of my favorite verses in the, in the Bible. Hear this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And hear this. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, just like at the beginning. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. That is the promise that we are all heading for. You may feel like you're just sitting in a, in a chair in a pew, but you're, you're on a bus. 
God is driving that bus. He's taking you somewhere. He's taking your family. He's taking this church to that place. Are you looking forward to that place? I know I am. I know I am. This is the promised land to which we are all headed. It provides me vision. I'm looking forward to that place. Not so that I can escape my responsibilities today. In fact, it gives me power to go down into the valley and and to know that no matter what happens here, I know I have a guaranteed inheritance waiting for me. Come what may. And I know that I've got a message, a good news message for all the people out there saying, you can have this too. All you need to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me today? I want to pray a blessing over you guys. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Windsor Christian Fellowship, a family that you planted in this city to extend and bless the nations beyond this city. Father, you have called them, you have called them according to your purpose. And you have blessed them with these children that they might pass on all that you have given to them, the promises that you have given to them to the next generation. Father, I thank you that there are young adults at the tech booth, that there are young adults leading in the ministries that I see represented here. I thank you that the faithfulness of the older generation is seen here today in the younger generation taking up the reins of faith. Oh God, that every church would be so blessed to say that that is true of them. Let us not take for granted the promises that you have given us here today. And Father, we wait with great anticipation and eagerness for the ultimate promised land. May you come, Maranatha, oh Jesus, come, bring us to that place. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Reverend Doug. Can I have everyone stand with me, join me with for communion? Thank you, Jesus. We'll just prepare our hearts. And we give thanks to you, Jesus, for your body that was broken for us. The perfect sacrifice the perfect Lamb of God who came to take the sins away from the world. This broken bread represents Jesus' body, which is given for us. And we do this in remembrance of you, Jesus. Please take the bread and give thanks. And this cup, which is poured out for you and for me, it's a new covenant in his precious blood. We thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. And I thank you we can be whole because of you. And we extend forgiveness just as you have forgiven us. Let's drink and give thanks to the Lord. Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can gather and just worship you together with our family and see the multiple generations, Lord, gathering here, Lord, and giving honor and all thanks to you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Some quick announcements before we're dismissed. Um, There will be golf carts to transport people that need to move from the sanctuary to the barbecue. Um, We have a back-to-school giveaway for the families that's going to be in the Children's Church foyer. It's for kids that are going into grades 1 through grade 8. And there will be barbecue by the pavilion. There will be outdoor games, Mario Kart, water games, and there will be indoor games for the smaller kids, um, just a, a different option. So WCF, you have been equipped. Go and...